Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. That's right. You are tuned into Snug Wrestling, where it's wrestling all day, every day. And now here is your host, Edgar Avila. Okay, okay, but seriously, this isn't even funny anymore. What I'm about to say next is truly how I feel deep down in the honest truth. No bullshit. But come on, people, what the fuck? What are we doing here? What is really going on? How can anyone still sit there on their computers and on their phones and tweet out stuff on the internet defending this program that's called AEW Dynamite? And I'm not even trying to be funny anymore. It's not even funny to make fun of AEW at this point. It's just sad now. And I genuinely feel bad. I feel bad for the talent. I feel bad for the people that took times from their lives to go into that arena to watch this show in person. I really do. And this is not coming from someone that defends everything that WWE does. This is not coming from an e-drone that some people still use that term. I simply call it like I see it. The hardcore AEW fan base are some of the smartest wrestling fans in the world they have an extensive knowledge in wrestling and some of them have a lot of great points and opinions when it comes to the wwe wwe does make some shitty booking decisions they have bad comedy on their shows millions of video package and interviews and very little wrestling but i encourage and i dare those smart aew fans to use those same critical eyes and to use that same perception to criticize this show of AEW the same way they do in the WWE. I get that a lot of people take shots at AEW and people get really, really defensive about it. But at some point, even a mother has to look at their deadbeat son and say, hey, you're fucking up. You're trash. You're lazy. You're a waste of space. And this is exactly how I felt about this entire episode of Dynamite. And again, I'm not saying this to be funny or to talk shit. It's just depressing now except for a couple things on this show i never thought i would ever say this about aew because i am rooting for them i'm a fan of aew since day one since aew came out i was there and i know what i'm talking about i bought the merch i own the action figures i purchased every single aew pay-per-view since aew first started and i've only missed two episodes of dynamite so i think i am a little entitled to share this this honest opinion about this AEW Dynamite that we just saw. And this is the worst of AEW Dynamite I have ever seen. But I'm going to break down why this specific episode was the worst one in AEW history. So let's get into it. Savannah, Georgia, AEW Dynamite, January 24th. Let's go. Savannah, Georgia was hyped to see their AEW world champion, Samoa Joe, come out and open up this show. Samoa Joe addressed the new ranking system that was brought back recently and sends out a warning to all of its competitors. They think that they're fighting for an opportunity for this championship, but really, they're just fighting to get another beatdown by me, Samoa Joe. And someone that's very familiar with receiving beatdowns from Samoa Joe 
is Hook. And I didn't think I would ever see Hook again, at least not in the same ring as Samoa Joe anytime soon. And now we know why Hook hardly ever speaks on AEW Dynamite, and he should never be allowed to speak on Dynamite ever again. Because Hook tried to cut a promo, but he has no personality, he has no charisma, and it was the most awkward and uncomfortable thing I have ever seen from a wrestler that's trying to cut a promo on a wrestling show. Hook in the most unconvincing way shook Samoa Joe's hand with his flimsy little wrist and got in Joe's ear and Hook said, I don't know when, but I will see you again. And then Hook took out a bunch of security guards. Why? Is Hook not part of the talent? Is he not allowed in this ring? Why did the security guards try to remove Hook from the ring? Did they think Hook was a fan? I think the last one would be the more likely reason for all of this. Hook had his moment last week and they fucked it up. And now after this horrible segment and promo, does anyone even want to see Hook wrestle Samoa Joe ever again? The first opening match was Hangman TA versus Penta. Samoa Joe stayed out there on commentary and both Hangman and Penta kept turning their attention to the champ. But the way that they're doing these matches with this ranking system and Samoa Joe being out there to scope out the talent and see his next potential challenger gave this the same feel as just another tournament like the Continental Classic that they just did. This was also a random cold match. It was a babyface versus another babyface for a chance to advance and move on to the next round. Now, does that not sound like another tournament to you? Hangman TA won with the Bugshot Lariat, but not after dropping Penta on his head on the apron, then gave him a moonsault from the top rope, and then a Bugshot Lariat. And another complete overkill. Orange Cassidy had the most monotone interview, announcing that he told Tony Khan that Orange Cassidy wants Tony to get some of his friends, as well as some of his enemies, so they can all wrestle each other, and the winner can face Orange Cassidy for the entire international title on collision i forgot to mention that right before this announcement orange cassidy also accepted roger strong's challenge to face roger strong at revolution for the title but aew still booking orange cassidy in title matches in the same segment that orange cassidy said he was going to be at revolution so again why would anyone care about this match at rampage or collision Trent versus Wardlow. Some would say there is a little feud going on between these two. As of late, the BFFs, the Best Friends, and the Undisputed Kingdom have been building a little tension the past couple of weeks. Roderick Strong is going after Orange Cassidy, so I guess this match with Wardlow and Trent is not out of the ice-cold blue. And we have a heel and we have a baby face, so it does make sense. That was when Trent said, well, let's change all of that. Trent's group, the BFFs, who are the babyfaces, distracted the referee, and Trent smacked Wardlow with the chair behind the referee's back. The babyface Trent cheated in this match and still got his ass beat and lost clean to the heel with the big powerbomb. Trent has been doing good lately. He has been winning matches, so I was not expecting a squash match from Wardlow like we're used to seeing. Nor was I expecting Trent to beat Wardlow, but if the babyface is going to cheat versus the much bigger opponent, at least give Trent the win. If not, this just made Trent look like a goof for no reason. We move on from one group that call themselves the best friends to apparently two former best friends, Deanna Perrazzo and Tony Storm. 
perform. They had a sit-down interview, and the big reveal that we got from this interview is that they had matching tattoos. Wow. And Tiana said she doesn't want to face this delusional Tony Storm. She wants to face the Tony Storm that lived with Tiana and trained with her in the dojo. All that was left for Tiana to say is... I want you at your best, like every other promo that has been said on AEW from almost every wrestler. A lot of fans are upset that Deanna Perrazzo showed up and skipped the line and got a title shot right away. And they should be, because they're absolutely right. How are you going to justify this one, Tony? After that big Twitter rant with Hook and Jinder, Deanna just showed up and was automatically put in the title picture. I did say that I wanted Perrazzo to win simply because Deanna was getting body shamed, and that's true. But that doesn't mean that Deanna earned that title shot. That doesn't mean Deanna should win it. That was just me trying to prove a point. And let's face it, Deanna has not deserved this title shot, at least not yet. The Wild and the Unhinged John Moxley was getting ready to cut a backstage promo. And oh boy, let's see what wild and outlandish thing John Moxley is going to yell at us about this time. John Moxley started talking about his faction, and I'll be goddamn, John Moxley cut a decent halfway babyface promo for once. John Moxley woke up and decided that he wanted to be a babyface on this day. Maybe next week he'll be a heel again. No one knows. We shall see. But John Moxley was saying that the BCC. They don't do much partying because they're too busy winning titles. And this time he wasn't foaming at the mouth, talking about drinking bones and doing that weird thing he does when he paces back and forth and sticks his neck out trying to act like a crazy person. The only thing that was off about all of this, I'm pretty sure last week on Collision, John Moxley called out his own faction. But we fast forward a few days later on Dynamite and John Moxley was putting over his faction. At least this promo was understandable. Never let them know your next move, Mox. It looks like the Hardys' public comments on the poor booking in AEW have been heard. Jeff and Matt Hardy told the fans how they really felt and how they were currently being used in AEW, and the Hardys expressed a lot of frustration. And now Jeff Hardy is in a singles match on Dynamite versus a top star like Swerve Strickland. And this is for the ranking system tournament deal. And even though Jeff Hardy did the job for Swerve, this is a step up compared to what Jeff Hardy has been doing lately in AEW. And Jeff Hardy looked good in this match, better than before, and didn't really skip a step during this match. Swerve won in Swerve's house with the Swerve Stomp. Hangman TA has an interview and was interrupted by Swerve. Also, Swerve can rub it in Hangman's face that Swerve also won his first rankings match, and Swerve is undefeated in 2024. Swerve also reminded Hangman that he is the last person to defeat Hangman TA. This got Hangman so pissed off that he beat the shit out of Swerve backstage. Psych, that was a complete lie. That didn't really happen. But that would have been a lot better than what Hangman actually did. The only thing that Hangman did was fire back with the corniest line of the new year. Oh yeah, new year, new me. Good one, Hangman. We never heard that one before. That'll show him. 
and the people actually ooed to that. Renee then announced that both Hangman and Swerve got dealer's choice for winning their matches. What the hell does that even mean? This wasn't explained until later on in the show, but if I heard this correctly, Swerve gets to pick Hangman's next opponent, and Hangman gets to pick Swerve's next opponent. And I'm not even sure where this came from or how this even became a thing, because it's the first time I've ever heard of any of this. Are we just making shit up on the fly now? Sure as hell seems that way. Thunder Rosa won her match versus Red Velvet, but holy shit. This match was brutal. It was really hard to watch. I hate to say that because Thunder Rosa is a great talent and this is no fault of Thunder Rosa because she is a lot more experienced than most of the women in this roster. However, Thunder Rosa keeps having to have these matches on TV with the underneath talent. Unlike some of the young stars in AEW that can't cut a promo, Darby Allen can cut a promo and he keeps getting better and better. Darby comes out with Sting and tells a story of how Sting influenced Darby's career in 2015 and Darby saw how Sting got hurt and his career ended in 2015 and everyone remembers that we all saw it but now we fast forward years later and Sting is now 27 and 0 with Darby more like fast forward later and Sting is jumping through tables and taking all kinds of crazy bumps so with the help of the audience Darby tried to convince Sting to go after Tag Team Gold because Sting you still got it now with these new rankings systems Darby Allen and Sting are next up to face Big Bill and Ricky Starks and Sting said well shit count me in pal Ricky Starks and Big Bill wasted no time in accepting this challenge made out by Darby Allen and Sting now with Sting's final match coming up in March versus the Young Bucks allegedly this is gonna spark up some interest in that tag team division and I can definitely see Sting and Darby winning some golds in order for Sting to take the championship to revolution and retire as a tag team champion now this can be concerning because if the young bucks do face sting and darby allen at revolution there's a possibility that the young bucks might pick up tag team gold once again concerning for some but for most of the AEW fans i'm pretty sure they would be all for the young bucks winning tag team gold once again the six man super faction well at least until the juice man juice robinson returns then it will be a seven man super faction they all came out with all six of their belts one half of the scissor gang is going to be defending their trios belts versus the former ring of honor six man tag team champions the mongol embassy the team that are defending their titles versus the mongol embassy was not the team that recently beat the mongol embassy like one would think one would assume that since the bullet club gold won the titles the mongol embassy would get the rematch match for the titles that they lost because normally that's the rules the loser gets a rematch after they lose their belts but instead the acclaimed were the ones that were defending their trios titles versus the mogul embassy is this also due to the rankings if so the mogul embassy were like five and seven in trios competition since the beginning of 2023 however you try to slice it none of this made any fucking sense 
And I seriously can't believe I saw what I saw in this main event. AEW put a guy that looks like he can be in his 60s versus their most recent biggest star signee from the WWE, Adam Copeland. This was embarrassing. And the people were actually chanting, holy shit. According to Taz, this is a match that no one thought they would ever see. And Taz was trying really hard to justify this. I also thought I would never see a senior citizen main event a wrestling show on national tv either but here we are just because you can have a match does not mean you should people we did not need to see this this match was sloppy suzuki was barely going through the motion and not even selling for copeland his bumps looked like shit when adam copeland did his finisher suzuki's head didn't even make any contact with the mat this was the worst main event i have ever seen on aew dynamite i'm really having trouble believing anyone that actually went on the internet and said this was a good show i'm not even kidding anymore like let's just be real people can we stop with the defense mode can we stop with the bullshit and let's just face the truth this was a terrible show except for a few things like the darby promo the swerve and hardy match hell i'll even throw in Trent versus Wardlow in there because at least there was babyface versus heel and there was a little bit of history in that match but everything else was so hard to watch even the hook and Samoa Joe segment it was just cringe cringe i don't know how else to say this but let me know how you guys really felt about this aew dynamite hit me up at snug wrestling thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon